broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 256. I'm Tommy. I'm Colin. I'm Zook. Colin, this is like two weeks in a row. Yeah, this is kind of weird, guys. I'm kind of creeped out myself. I'm not dead. I don't know how I feel about this. I, my uh, my whole world is turning upside down here. And the even stranger thing is he's right behind me. I know. Breathing down your neck. The that's Ghost- a little creepy. <laughs> Guys, the Ghostbusters trailer dropped today. Maybe he is dead. Maybe that's an apparition. Oh. We joked so many times about him dying. Maybe remember, he's actually dead. Remember when... We said, hey, Colin, what's behind you? And he freaked out because there was, like, nothing there behind him. And that's kind of how it all started. Yeah, I feel, you know, hey, Zoner, what's behind you? Oh, crap, it's Colin. <laughs> I can it see dead things. Trump is heading towards the White House. Colin is making it two weeks in a row. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> Terrors. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, this is episode number 256. We are back onto a normal recording schedule. Things are looking up, and we have you, our listeners, to thank for, and our friends over at trekradio.net, cryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, stitcher.com, 4814 web hosting, and Eagle Moss Limited, and Radio KSCR. And jelly beans. It seems yeah, like we got a lot. That's all of them, yeah. And jelly beans. It's the best time. It's the best thing about this time of year. See, I'm not a big jelly bean guy. Yeah, you're a libertarian, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what one has because to do with the other, but I'm that sure. Totally references it. Yeah, totally. It's it's technically very un-American, you know. To not like jelly beans? Well, Ronald Reagan did keep them in the Oval Office. See, see, there's something inherently American about the jelly bean. There really is. I do like jelly bellies, though. Which are I a guess, type of jelly bean. A jelly bean. But no, they, know, they're not technically. They are a jelly bean. I think about jelly beans and I think about the things that are like the size of my thumb that just taste like crap because they're all black. And That's a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I don't know what you're thinking because jelly bellies are jelly beans. Jelly beans or jelly bellies are like gourmet jelly beans. They're not regular jelly beans. They're awesome jelly beans. Jelly beans on steroids? They're not like the bag of jelly beans that you go buy for 99 cents at the grocery store and nobody wants to eat because they taste like crap. No, no. Jelly bellies are awesome. And second, a close second would be the Starburst jelly beans. Which are excellent. Yeah. And now my new third favorite would be the Lifesavers jelly beans, which are new. I like the heroin jelly beans, actually. <laughs> Is that a I Bernie Bots my... flavor that I don't know about? Yeah, it's how I keep my figure, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a lot of headlines, whereas last week we didn't. This week, it, it's kind of funny. Last week we had a Mobile World Conference and two weeks worth of headlines to catch up on. And we were vamping like crazy just trying to keep up, right? Got to fill an hour. Got to fill an hour. I know. We'll talk about a f- bit of feedback that was practically a novel. This week, we only had four days since we last recorded. No big events happened, and yet we have tons of headlines. So we better jump right into it. We don't have any feedback. 
we already brought up jelly beans and we already brought up the new Ghostbusters trailer. So that's out of the way. We're going to have to spend some time on the next uh, GGP talking in depth about the Ghostbusters trailer. I think I completely concur with this statement and probably Deadpool. Yeah, we could do that. It's kind of a large thing that's happened yes, since the last right. GGP. Yeah. Yeah. My like for Deadpool or my dislike rather for Deadpool still is um, about on par for my like for Kate Beckinsale, who will be at Salt Lake Comic Con Fanex. Just that throwing that out there again. Kind of made sense. That was the most awkward segue ever. Okay. Um, no, I think actually the most awkward segue ever is the one that rolled backwards with the founder and inventor off the cliff. <laughs> Does that count as an awkward segue? Wow, that was awesome. I'm just saying that was awesome. And you're a horrible, horrible person, and I'm going to go to hell for laughing at that. That's a show title. <laughs> yeah, that that would be a awkward segue. Anyway, okay, so news came out this week from Amazon. No big surprise there. It's a big company, right? Well, it turns out that um, their Echo, which we did not give favorable impressions of when we first heard about it, is slowly taking over the world. Um, well, they got Adam, or not Adam Baldwin, Alec Baldwin doing um, commercials for him. So, I mean, it's kind of a big deal. They should get Adam Baldwin as well. They should. He'd be awesome. But, um, yeah, I, we need to rewind like way, 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 way back. When we first heard about the Echo, it was billed as the speaker that lets you buy things from Amazon. And we're like, that's the stupidest thing in the world. I don't think we use those actual phrases. And, and Colin, this was before you ever came on the show. But just that description seemed very much this kind of, why? Why would you spend that amount of money to buy things from Amazon? Why would you buy something on Amazon that allows you to buy more things on Amazon? I mean, sure, you do that with Kindle already, but it just didn't make any sense. Well, then the price dropped considerably, and then they actually released the thing, and you found out that, oh, no, it's not just for that. It was basically Cortana or Siri or Google Now for your entire home. Yeah. Well, they've increased it and increased it and increased it, so it now takes over 600 commands, and it can actually integrate with other parts of your smart home. Philips announced that it uh, integrates with the Philips Hue lighting system, and now it can also control your Nest thermostats. That's pretty cool. That really is. It means you can pretty much say, Alexa, turn the temperature to 72 degrees. You know, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, I mean, and with all the other Internet of Things stuff that's out there, how long until you are able to say, Alexa, open the garage door? Right, and it's not just Nest. It's also the Ecobee 3, which is also a really cool thermostat. Um I mean, you could potentially say, turn down the lights and increase the temperature to 74 degrees. Turn down the lights, turn on the fireplace, and play some Barry White. Ooh. It could do all of that. I could woo the ladies with Alexa. She could Probably not. She could Probably, be my, no. wing, my wing woman. You could woo Alexa. 
Dude, that's already been done. <laughs> I don't even want to ask. You really don't. I don't want to ask myself. <laughs> well, you can ask Alexa. Well, even better is the fact that it actually has an open API that they've um, let let out into the wild. So people can program their own stuff. And it can actually integrate directly with IFTTT stuff, which is a standard uh, way of integrating and controlling different devices. But then it's now expanding even more. They have the Echo Dot. And all it is, it's basically the top part of the Echo. So it's the Echo minus the speaker. So you can plug this into other existing speaker systems, and it brings Alexa's Wi-Fi and lookup capabilities and everything to whatever stereo system you have. Which is cool. The idea is to have it in every part of your home. How much is the dot running for? That that's a fraction of what the Echo is, correct? It's basically half the price, yeah. Half the price for a quarter of the device. <laughs> <laughs> Something doesn't seem right there, man. Yeah, and uh today they also have um they also announced a new Bluetooth speaker, so you can take it outside. And to answer your question, the Echo Dot is eighty nine ninety nine. That's not bad. That isn't bad, actually. I want to see Amazon come out with the Echo Watch. Okay? I know that sounds kind of weird, especially because I've had... um, I've doubted whether or not smartwatches make a lot of sense. But having one that integrates with your smart home and all your local devices seems that much smarter. Oh, no. I can order a pizza with her. That's not going to help me at all. All of Colin's date night woes are solved now. Colin's date night just turned into Alexa and a pizza. Dude, she can find me local businesses. She can request me Uber rides. Can she make you a sandwich? No, but she can order me a pizza. She could probably order you a sandwich. Probably. Alexa, turn down the lights. Fire up the fireplace. Rent something on Netflix and order me a pizza. I think that's awesome. And you know, with how the world of connected devices are going, it's only a matter of time till your other needs are taken care of, too. That's creepy. What other needs are you talking about, Zook? You know what's really creepy is the fact that Colin is actually there with you, Zoner, over at your house. Yeah. And occasionally he, he talks directly to me. But he looks to the side and looks through your camera. <laughs> Does he really? I haven't paid attention. <laughs> so, which is dumb because he has his own camera pointed right at him. So suddenly I look in his ear through his camera and I see him looking over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> that may be because I'm using my screen for other things. So I'm using his to look at people. I don't want to know. But Zoner, if you have a really weird web history on your router after this, we know why. Yeah, well, yeah. You would shoot me if I told you what I was doing. Alexa, close browser, close browser. Um, so the idea of having a smart peripheral on your wrist seems that much cooler, though, that even when you're out and about and you're in an area of the home that does not have Echo, you could still interact and control different parts of your house, right? Because let's but, be honest, having a device on your person that can always access your email and your Facebook is kind of dime a dozen now. Yeah, but if you stop and think about it, Amazon failed with the phone. Uh, what makes you think they do any better with the smartwatch? Because if the phone didn't use the Echo technology, and it didn't, 
I mean, just think of the possibilities. Think that you're sitting, you're sitting there in, in bed and you just have one of those weird wild hair thoughts up across your mind and you can t- turn to your phone, your watch and say, Alexa, when's the last time I got an oil change? And Alexa can integrate with your car and pull back that you got an oil change five months ago and it has been 7,000 miles since then. I probably like, oh. should get the oil changed in my truck now that you mention it. See? <laughs> she could do that. It could be Alexa, turn down the lights, fire up the fireplace, rent a movie, order me a pizza, and put a reminder to get in and change the oil on my truck. That works. Colin doesn't even need a woman. I think I still want a woman. <laughs> there are some needs Alexa cannot satisfy. <laughs> you can buy those on Amazon, too. Um, <laughs> hey, speaking of Amazon des- devices, they did something weird this last week. They removed the encryption on their Kindle devices. Yeah, that's weird. They say that it's because nobody was using it. I believe that. But because why would you encrypt your Kindle? Uh, who knows what you're reading? Do maybe you have classified government documents? On your Kindle. On Actually, your Kindle. it's not a horrible idea. I mean, I'm sure Hillary's done it. And then shared the password with somebody else. Probably. You know. But I I, I just think... That- I, I, I get why they would do this on the Kindle HD, right? On the Fire HD. Because that's an actual Android tablet. Yeah. But at the same time, it's running a very specialized version of Android that you can't access in normal ways. You can't, like, plug it into a computer and access the files that way because they've locked down the OS. Mm -hmm. So. Well, you stop and think about it, and there's all this stuff going on right now with Apple and the FBI, and everybody's taking sides. Is this Amazon indirectly taking the FBI's side or the government side saying... we're not going to encrypt our devices to make life easy for you. I kind of think so. I think so too. I, it's kind of like them just throwing up their hands before anyone's even looked at them going, Hey, you know what? It's not even a fight we want to get involved in. But again, the question becomes, I totally believe no one was using this feature because why would anyone use this feature? Yeah. I mean, I don't need to encrypt my reading material on Kindle. There's, no point i i'll be honest i've got two cell phones one of them's encrypted it's because it's my work phone my personal phone i've never encrypted because i don't care which is weird because i'm like kind of anal about stuff but there might be some some weird people that don't want their sex novels just floating around yeah their harlequin (laughs) romance novels are all on their kindle and hey you know what if they're writing a sex novel though they could sell that to make a lot of money if the last 10 years in adult literature has taught us anything, is that no trash is without a price tag. That is true. Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, speaking of trash, let's talk about Apple. <laughs> and Colin is like... Creepily looking over your shoulder. I, I disapprove of the statements. Um, okay, so the head of Oculus Rift, or Oculus, the company, not the device... Uh, finally kind of answered the question of when is Mac going to get virtual reality? When is the Oculus going to come out for Apple? And he said, quite simply, when Apple makes a decent machine. 
which sounds like troll baiting. Now, let's be honest, it is troll baiting, but it doesn't make it any less hilarious. You don't think that he was serious on that? You think he was just he was just trying to bait them? Oh, I think he was dead serious. But there's a difference between the Okay, if this was Microsoft, Microsoft would have said, and this is not me putting Microsoft on a pedestal. They're just simply over PC. And that's not a pun. They're just so politically correct on everything, right? It would have been, um, currently, the systems we use are not yet compatible with the level of performance needed with Apple systems. We are working diligently to find a compromise so that we can bring this experience to all computer users, regardless of platform. Right? That would have been the super PC way to put it. Yeah. Instead, I, I love what he said. He said, quote, you can buy a $6,000 Mac Pro with top-of-the-line AMD Fire Pro D700, and it still doesn't match our recommended specs. So if they prioritize higher-end GPUs like they used to for a while back in the day, we'd love to support Mac, but right now there's just not a single machine out there that supports it. So basically, even though Macs are expensive, they're still garbage. <laughs> You know, they they really aren't wrong. I mean, the hardware, you can't do anything with the hardware anymore. There's no customizations. If you want anything with 32 gigs of RAM, you have to buy an iMac. Anything else, it won't go over it. An iMac? Yeah. An iMac? Yes. So a Mac Pro won't take 32 gigs? Sorry. Mac Pro as well. I was... I, but, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what? But... The highest-end system is the one meant for, like, library kiosks. But really, when it comes down to it, a lot of their older systems can still beat out their newer systems. Yeah, there's something weird going on there. And I remember back in the day, back in the day, um, oh, what was it? It would have been the turn of the century, which makes me feel ancient to say that. But we're talking, like, 2000, 2001, right, when the G5 first came out. Back in aught one. Yeah, aught one, in the double aughts. <laughs> And uh oh, that's what we're going to call that now. The uh oh, um, you could get a Mac Pro with dual G5s, and it was one of the first that could run two GPUs in tandem with each other. And this is before SLI and Crossfire came out. They found a way to do it. The thing was a beast. It looked like an engine block. It was beautiful, and it cost a pretty penny, but it was the best performance of any personal computer in the world. And then they decided that instead of that, they really wanted pretty-looking plastic things that cost the same amount but had less power? It just goes to prove to you that people will buy Mac no matter what because they believe that it's the newest and greatest innovation when really they're just kind of a pile of trash. You know what I love about Apple? It tells it like it is. It's tough and it's bold. And it's not no. beholden to anyone. You know no. where it's coming from. You can trust it. Bold is Blackberry, dude. I'm making a Trump joke. Come on, play along. <laughs> <laughs> no, Trump would say something like, it's called a computer. We have a computer, okay? <laughs> I have computers. I have the best computers. Yes. Now it's go home. Um, hey, speaking of Apple, and I want your guys' take on this because I am now so far out of the mobile payment 
scheme, thanks to uh, Google, that I don't even know what this means anymore. But Apple Pay is now boasting that it has 12 million users, which is pretty awesome. Except for the fact that Samsung Pay is actually on track to pass it, despite launching later than it. Yeah, Samsung Pay is fairly new, I believe. They just signed Wells Fargo. Did you see that? I didn't. Oh, I did. Yes. Yeah, Wells Fargo's on it. Chase is on it. Everyone's fact, on it. My my work phone is a Galaxy S6. Uh, I think I mentioned that last week. I don't have Samsung Pay on it, though. No, Which probably because the, probably because they don't allow it because of your mobile device management from your company. But uh, I've got I'm Android lo- Pay. I'm looking at probably getting the S7 Edge when I get a new phone. Uh, for reasons we talked about last week with the G5 and its strange little BBH remote control, but nothing else thing going for it. But Samsung Pay took over that company. I forget its name off the top of my head. But uh, Colin, you were talking about it, that it could actually mimic the magnetic strip technology of debit and credit cards. And oh. so you don't actually need to do NFC technology to make a payment. Has anyone actually used this? I have... I haven't ever used it. Um, I had a company that bought a bunch of cases that had it built into it. Um, but from what I can remember, the cases were just so cheap that it was useless to use. But I've never seen it in action. Yeah, and I've seen the ads for it, and everyone's like, oh, no, it won't work. And then he just like taps his phone, and it works. But the question becomes, how does tapping the phone to a machine that doesn't have NFC on it work i excellent question and no one is fessing up to it if anyone has used this if any of our listeners have used this please let us know because the ads aren't helping and the videos aren't explaining it how does this work and if this is what the future is then yeah google pay android wallet android pay excuse me and apple pay have a lot to be scared of because this is quite cool well, Google's coming out with some new ways that, you know, they. I think I saw in New Jersey, um, somewhere back east, they're trying to use, like, voice commands for paying. It's like, I want to pay with Google. Okay, you're good to go. And that's, it's as easy as that. Yeah, have they really explained how that's going to work? I don't know. They call it hands-free. and It doesn't they, seem very secure. Well, yeah, that's that was it, it my doesn't. question. It's like the easier it, it's kind of like saying, hey, you know, when walking up to a person, you can just say, I paid you and the money is there with them. Well, then what's to keep me from walking up to you and saying, hey, you paid me and their wallet going, yes, I did. Yeah, I don't know. It's if they won't allow you to use Android Pay on a rooted device or not have a lock screen on your phone. What are they thinking? How is this going to be more secure? I I don't know about it. We require incredibly secure security on your phone before you can use our mobile payment device. However, if you just want to do absolutely nothing, that works too. That's kind of the impression I'm getting from this. Yeah. Hey, um, switching gears, staying, staying on Apple, but switching gears... You know the whole Apple versus the FBI thing. We talked about it last week, and it's it's everywhere in the news. France has taken up arms with the FBI. Not against the FBI, with the FBI. 
according to France, if they need an iPhone unlocked for an investigation or whatnot, whatnot, they will charge and Apple refuses to do it. They will fine Apple a million dollars for every iPhone that refuses to lock unlock. Excuse me. I'm having problems today. So am I, but I did just get Samsung pay installed on my phone. Oh, it comes nice. with old age, I think. Yeah, I guess I'll just go into bed and sleep with my hot wife. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> but don't worry, you've got Amazon. Um, I don't. Why does France hate us so much? Because we've saved their butts in two world wars. Is that this right? seems. Am I right? Oh, you might be. This seems <laughs> bad. Bad for business, right? If a foreign company wants to bring tons of money into our country, actually, no, that's a perfect way of putting it. Okay, um, back in its heyday, back in the late eighties, early nineties, right when we didn't have a lot of electronics companies here in the United States, did we go and piss off Sony? And say, hey, Sony, we're going to sue you constantly, just nonstop. Well, if Donald Trump was president, then we would have, to be but, fair. To be fair, sure. But you know what I'm saying? No, because, yeah, while Sony is, an, is a foreign power, is a foreign company, they were still bringing money and goods into our country. That is true. The only times the American economy has ever fought back against a foreign company is when an American company has something to lose. I'm sorry, how many mobile devices is France pumping out these days? Um, I don't know. How many search engines has France developed in, say, ever? How many online mapping systems do they have? Street View? Is that a thing over there? I mean, what would happen to us as a nation if our tech companies decided to just entirely pull out of France? I, you know, I think France thinks that they're better than they are. And they'd be really screwed if all these tech companies that they keep alienating and pissing off were to just say, look, enough. And and say, we're not doing this anymore. You guys can develop your own tech. I think France would be done. They'd need the U.S. to come save them again. Basically, France would be dropped back into the flip phone era. Probably. That might even be kind. They would be dropped <laughs> back 15 years in terms of tech. You think they'd just go back that far, or do you think it would be farther? I think just that far. But I'm serious. I mean, does Europe produce any tech anymore? I don't know. That's like asking if the U.S. produces any steal <laughs> yeah no one actually knows i think france also needs to remember that really they're about the size of minnesota so no one cares but the french do uh in to their kindly neighbors the germans that's just a happy bunch of people there yeah yeah Kaiser colin i don't know what that meant that means my name's Colin. Good job. Je m'appelle Zook. Je suis an ananas. 
<laughs> je suis Rick Springfield. <laughs> um, no, you say je m'appelle Rick, Swing- Rick Springfield. Du bist blöd. That's a Jonathan Colton song, dude. I know. It's also one of our episodes. Yes. Um, so We've been down this road before. Let's not go down it again. Germany is taking Facebook to court. Well, I shouldn't say to court yet. They're just probing them, which sounds worse, actually. Uh, <laughs> instead of privacy regulations, which is typically the thing that Germany takes people on for, they're going on antitrust investigations. I'm, I don't, I, it's, is Facebook the only social network in Germany? Okay. So I'm going to actually just read straight up what TechCrunch has written here about it. It's not that I'm confused. I'm just dumbfounded, which seems to be my default state lately. Okay. Quote, the specific accusation is that Facebook is using unlawful terms and conditions related to its collection and use of user data. And given the TNCs are a condition for access to its service, the suspicion is that could constitute an abuse of dominant market position. End quote. Translation. We looked over your terms of service, and your terms of service says that you get access to everyone's personal information they put onto your site. And you're only asking for that because you're the dominant social network. And if you weren't the dominant social network, you wouldn't be asking that information. That's the translation there. See, the funny thing is, I think they would be asking for it because information is power. And if you have enough of it, then you become the dominant social network. Well, there's also a little thing that let me just rephrase. Let me just repeat what I just said. They're expecting you to give them the information that you are voluntarily putting into their server. That's kind of like saying, yeah, I will let you sleep here in my house and use my food and my washing machine, and all this different stuff. And in return for that, I'm going to say that you're here at my house, eating my food and using my washing machine. That's antitrust. You can't do that. You're, you're establishing a dominant position in the neighborhood. That's that's not right. It, I... <laughs> <laughs> you can't even all the words. I can't even the words. If you, even all if you of were the words. Donald Trump, you would have words, and they would be the best words. They would be the best words. What the crap, Germany? This that just makes no sense to me. I don't know what they're even thinking. How can how can they say that and think? Yeah, this makes sense. But I feel like we've talked about this with other countries before. We've talked about this with nearly every European country when it comes to antitrust. I don't think it means what I don't think they think it means what it means. That word doesn't mean what you think it means. You know, I their idea of antitrust is just so incredibly bad. It's so wrong to them. Antitrust like, okay. Let's say that Toyota is the number one selling vehicle in the EU. Okay. I don't know if it is. It probably isn't. I don't know. I don't care. I'm just using this as an example. Let's say that 90% of the cars in the EU are Toyota. Okay. Okay. And Toyota says, you know what? For the next model year, 
I think we're going to give just complimentary leather interiors. I don't think we're going to do cloth anymore. We're just going to do leather. Ooh, I like that idea. And the EU comes back and saying, uh-uh-uh, uh-uh-uh, antitrust. You can't make people buy leather just because you're the number one purchased car in the EU and all your cars happen to come with leather. That's antitrust by making people have leather. No, it's it's not. It's free market economy. If people don't want leather interiors, they won't buy Toyota. If people don't want the terms and conditions of Facebook, they won't use Facebook. But who really reads the terms and conditions? And so no they're one. just looking out for the greater good. I I hate that term so much. It makes me so mad whenever <laughs> I hear it. And so you like watching uh, Hot Fuzz, right? The greater oh, good. Geez. I can't stand that phrase. Oh, hot fuzz. Hot fuzz. Edgar Wright movie, Simon Pegg. What? It's a good nope. show, Colin. You Go tell it. Alexa to turn down the lights, turn up the fireplace, order you a pizza, and stream hot fuzz. All right, all right. Get on it that tonight. It's really dirty, though. It's not. It's great. <laughs> it, it's a good show. You'll, you'll enjoy it. It Remember, sounds like I'm going to be inviting Chewbacca over. Well, need some hot fuzz, baby, this evening. (laughs) (laughs) Now I just want to see Colin invite Chewbacca over and... And cuddle? And cuddle. (laughs) (laughs) With that stubble beard he's got going, he'd be stuck in really hot fuzz. Yeah, I I think that Europe in general, though, just really doesn't understand how america does things they haven't since the 1700s and they keep illustrating that you know we have our antitrust laws and they're not perfect no they're not but you know they're there and then they see our antitrust laws and they think oh well that sounds like a bloody good thing let's go give it a jolly good time and they don't know what the heck they're doing with it. It's like trying to go bowling with, I don't know, a badminton birdie. You know, it just, sure, it might sound like it's the same thing, but it's not. I think that is the most stressed simile ever. I was trying to come up with something that, just made absolutely no sense and that congratulations was... congratulations yeah I, I achieved exactly what i was going for because that's exactly what i think europe and france in in this case in particular are doing it, what they're doing just makes no sense right. hey um switching gears entirely which seems to be the theme for this episode samsung has announced technology that just gets me excited in the most lewd way <laughs> that just makes me feel dirty listening to you say that. Well, you should read the headline that I just put in the show I, notes. I see the headline. So, Samsung has announced a new class of solid state disk. Now, if you don't know what a solid state disk is, it's basically flash memory. It's flash memory that's used as a hard drive. These things are wicked fast. How fast? Well, a high-end SSD can basically saturate the SATA 3 bus, so it moves as fast as your computer can, pretty much as fast as thought. 
And they're just wonderful that way. There's almost no latency. But the problem is, is that they're still not that great in terms of data density. So it costs more to have a drive that's smaller than what you would normally have. For instance, right now, I mean, they, they've dropped in price considerably. You can go out there and get a laptop hard drive that's 240 gigs SSD for about $75. That's not a bad price, actually. In fact, that's the lowest it's been for a while. But a $75 laptop hard drive that's a mechanical drive that isn't an SSD will be more than twice that size. It's just super expensive because it's been so hard to pack that much solid-state memory into the same size, right? Yeah, and you've got the platters and everything, you know. Yeah. Well, no, not anymore. Samsung has announced a 15-terabyte solid-state disk. Not only is that the biggest solid-state disk on the planet, that's actually the biggest hard drive on the planet. Is that an SSD in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Both. Except unlike me, this SSD is only 2.5 inches. <laughs> At least it's not trying to overcompensate. It's also super fast, so it's done in just milliseconds. I, I'm all all bad jokes aside. I just want to reiterate here. <laughs> so it goes about three times as long as you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Quiet. Sometimes latency works for me. Um, no, seriously, 15 terabytes. That's larger than any data center hard drive in something that's built to fit into your laptop. Don't they have petabyte hard drives for like data centers and whatnot out there? Nope. Okay. I thought we had talked about that at some point. And it's petabyte, you animal loving hippie. <laughs> Every time I say it, though, I just think of, like, inappropriate jokes, so. Like a bunch of pedophiles running around? Pedophiles. Peterphiles. <laughs> Who's a pedophile? What drug did you take before we hit record? Because <laughs> you are so detached from reality right now. Fans of the IT crowd will enjoy that reference. Okay, so right now, this drive is not meant for home use. It doesn't use SATA. It doesn't use uh, anything like that. It uses serial-attached SCSI, which basically means it's meant for servers. But they will be coming out with a SATA version, and they're also going to be basically cutting it down to 7.6 terabytes, 3.8 terabytes, 1.9 terabytes, 960 gigabytes, and 480 gigabyte capacities. I got to say, this is flipping awesome, dude. It really is. I am... I I am very excited for this to start hitting the consumer market. This basically means that give it five years and your Roku, your $200 Roku could have a 15 terabyte hard SSD in there. I, <laughs> I'm just trying to think what you would. Well, I guess, yeah, you do download channels. There is some need for storage, but okay. Channels store movies directly on it. Yeah. Use use your Roku as a Plex server. That's that's what I can envision happening there is people just starting to use their Roku's as kind of a, a media center device. Heck, one point nine two terabytes? Plug that thing into your Xbox One and you have a two terabyte SSD running your games. 
that's awesome. And SSDs are quick. They run games nicely from what I understand. I'm just saying. I mean, this is freaking incredible. Okay, so let's move so on here. What, what's the ETA on this starting to, to hit the market? Well, we they have announced that this isn't a prototype. It's done. It's ready for market. So that tells me sometime soon. But they haven't announced the price. I'd guess that off the bat we're talking a lot considering enterprise class hard drives of even smaller nature are like a thousand dollars at least. Yeah. So my guess is this is going to cost as much as some entire servers. We're probably looking at least six months before it hits the market. And honestly, at least two years before anything like it hits the consumer market as well. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm expecting probably in the fall, uh, just, based on stuff that I've seen. I haven't seen anything firm, but that that's just the impression I'm getting. Is We'll see it before the end of the year. Well, reading this article, I'm seeing something firm. But with being with the data density they're <laughs> able to get up. into this, <laughs> with the data density, there will be a time when we're going to say, this phone doesn't have an SD card slot, but who cares? <laughs> It doesn't matter what I say now. You guys are just going to be over there giggling. Yeah, I pretty much am. I've I've ruined my night here. Um, okay, let's skip the next one because it's kind of bleh. And move on to them. how Microsoft is pledging to unify Xbox and Windows gaming. This sounds awesome until I remember that they've tried it before. You know, I really wish that I could just sit down at my computer and plop, pop in an Xbox game. I, I really do. I don't understand why. Well, I do because of money. But why hasn't this like been successfully executed? I think because at the time they didn't really have the developers on board to do it. And they didn't have the unified ecosystem. Um, last time they tried this, it was with Windows 7. And it was games for Windows. And I remember this because it was going to be awesome. You could take an Xbox 360 controller and plug it into your Windows 7 machine and you could just game with it and it worked right out of the right off the block. Back in the day with the original Xbox controller, yeah, you could get it working with a PC, but it required a custom driver. You had to actually hack open the console, the, the controller's cable and solder it to an actual USB plug. It was a pain. And now they're going, "Hey, look." And I, and I had this. I had Halo 2 for PC. You pop it into your computer, and it can start playing immediately. They programmed it in such a way that it would install the game while you could were playing the first level. So it could actually stream the first level live while it was installing itself in the background, giving you that kind of instant-on feeling you get from a console. Uh-huh. It didn't work because the only games that actually could do that were Microsoft games. They're games by Microsoft for Microsoft. And now with the Xbox One, with people expecting install times and developers on board and everyone having a home network capable of it and Windows 10 being cross compatible with everything in your ecosystem, I think everything is just in the right place to finally make this work. I hope so. Me too. Because... It the Xbox app in Windows 10 is just epic. Yeah, it works really well. I don't even have an Xbox, and I have 
I have the Xbox app, and I've got the Avatar Creator, and yeah, I've got all that stuff. I and feel like I have every single system born to mankind right now. Because I just ended up buying a DS, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. But what I really want for them to do, I just want to be able to play the same game that I buy for one system with people on another system. That would be nice. Because really, for me, like I'm a social gamer. So any time that I go to play a specific game, there's specific people I have to play with on specific systems. And see, I don't like playing with other people, so that doesn't really appeal to me. However, I do see the nice the niceties of it. Well, you were by yourself in a hotel for four weeks, so we understand why. Um, into other Windows news. Um, that was quite a lewd gesture you just gave me there, Zoner. It matches what you were. Yes. So. <laughs> Shut up. Move on. Um, We had a massive Windows update that came through, and Microsoft did jack squat to announce it or get people ready for it. Uh, It was basically the equivalent of Service Pack 1, and this was in November. It's just known as the November update. Even worse is the fact that here we are five months later, and it's still rolling out to people who still don't know to expect it. If you've restarted your computer one day, and it randomly said, oh, we're applying updates, and then it looks like it's reinstalling the whole OS congratulations that's the update it's a great update it solves a lot of problems a lot of hardware issues i used to have fixed uh software issues fixed uh in fact generally it's nothing but greatness for everyone it just it just works wow i just said that didn't i (laughs) it's not an apple there is a slight problem with it though and true to form microsoft is not explaining it at all certain people have uh, not certain people some people have reported that certain apps are suddenly being removed from their computer with this update didn't this happen before i i swear we've talked about this before well i know people reported the same issue when upgrading to windows 10 the first time when they were moving from 8 or 7 up to 10 they reported this issue but not much was ever found out about it and so I think the the news just kind of died down, but now it's back. Now, I personally have not seen this happen on any of my machines, but I'm not discounting others who are saying it is happening. People are speculating that it's older programs, programs that aren't as compatible anymore or that have older drivers, but Microsoft isn't saying a word about it. Do you think they're eventually going to come out and say something or... Are they just going to hope it goes away? I don't know. Watch. They're going to come out with another huge update in June, not tell anyone about it. We'll all freak out as it looks like our computer's reinstalling the OS and suddenly the apps are back. I don't know. All I know is that this is not really great on Microsoft's part to not be communicating with the public. I completely agree. Um, what they are communicating, though, is that uh, they happen to buy SwiftKey. You know, this news actually started to come out while I was in Ohio, and I saw it come across my news feed on my phone, and I thought, oh, crap. And then it just got finalized this week. I don't know how I feel about this. I really don't. Well, SwiftKey, okay, for anyone who doesn't know right off the top, 
had uh, SwiftKey is the keyboard app originally meant for Android that then came out on iOS as well that allows you to swipe type instead of actual just normal typing. So instead of typing the word the by tapping out T-H-E, you simply drag your finger without lifting up between the letters T-H and E. Well, there's there's a few different keyboards that utilize that technology. Now. Uh, now. I don't think SwiftKey was one of the first. Uh, SwiftKey, though, has a really good uh, predictive text. I think that was where they started uh, really gaining foot, uh, gaining a foothold in the in the Android marketplace. But uh, it's just a good all-around keyboard. Really good all-around keyboard. Now, this actually goes hand-in-hand, hand, actually, because Microsoft had been saying that they were going to bring WordFlow and their WordFlow keyboard to Android, which I'm excited about. It's the uh, keyboard that's on Windows Phone. And if you haven't used a Windows Phone, and statistically speaking, you haven't. <laughs> um, just saying. Just calling it. Telling it like this. Um, the keyboard on it is excellent. It really is quite good. It's really good. Um, it's better than any other mobile keyboard I've used. And they're bringing it to Android. So I don't know if this was an effort to, A, acquire SwiftKey's technology, B, cut it out of the market right before WordFlow shows up, or C, just continue their takeover of the Android ecosystem. I don't know. They've got a lot of, and we've talked about it before, a lot of really good, really solid apps for Android. And yeah. Maybe this is just, maybe they are just trying to slowly take it over one, the ecosystem one app at a time. There are worse things. I'm going to find it really funny if, in in the end, Microsoft has all the best apps on Android, and Android's just an OS. Well, it could be Apple trying to take over the Android OS. So, I mean, that's could true. Be worse could be worse. Could be BlackBerry. It could no. be BlackBerry. No, let's be honest. They're they're not that bold. Um, oh, speaking of BlackBerry, though, and this isn't in our show notes, but Verizon has started to sell the BlackBerry Priv, their uh, their portrait slider Android phone yes. with the high-end specs that would have been high-end if they had actually brought the phone out when they first announced it, you know, eight months ago. It's an expensive phone. $700 off contract. And again, these were great specs when it was announced nearly a year ago. Yeah. It's good to see that they were able to strike while the iron was hot there. Yes. However, now um, Mobile World Conference was just barely concluded, and uh, those phones will be coming out in a month. So which one do you want? The new Galaxy S7 Edge or, for more money, the one-year-old BlackBerry Priv? Hmm. Good job there, BlackBerry. How do you think this is going to go over? You think that it's going to catch on and breathe some new life into BlackBerry, or is it just going to go away like everything else does? Not in the slightest, though, I think it's going to catch on. If people were clamoring for a physical keyboard from BlackBerry, either BlackBerry didn't pay attention and didn't care, or no one was clamoring for a physical keyboard from BlackBerry. Yeah. Um... We need to hurry up here, but we got three more headlines. One, the Pentagon, uh, or rather the Department of Ju Defense is saying, hey, you want to hack the Pentagon? Go right ahead. It's a kind of last starfighter maneuver here where they're hoping to gamify the hacking uh, to recruit people, really. 
So if you think you've got what it takes to hack for the U.S. government, which means that you'll be trying to get into our iPhones eventually, uh, go ahead and try and hack the uh, Pentagon. Instructions are in our show notes. This is the first time I think I'm going to say something like that and not get onto their watch list. It's kind of kind of weird. I'm pretty sure that we're already on a perpetual watch list with those guys. I think all podcasters are, let's be honest. I'm pretty sure BlackBerry turned us in. No, we single-handedly brought them down. They're not a threat to us. <laughs> the Stolen Droids Empire is far mightier than BlackBerry. That is an old joke. When did when did we get accused of that? We may have some listeners who don't understand that joke. So Episode 41, that's our sausage. Is that what it was? Yes. So, yeah, we were single-handedly accused of bringing down BlackBerry. Uh, and in case anyone wants to hear that, I did a re-release of it only a few episodes ago. That was our very first rewind. Um, so, yeah. It was weird to listen to. We sounded horrible back then. Um, also in the news is that Tesla announced that they've actually been toying with self-driving cars, and they've now gotten a Tesla to drive 61 miles by itself. This before it hit a bus or before no, that's it Google. ran out of juice? Here's <laughs> what I don't understand. Um, why would you spend that kind of money on a Tesla and then not want to drive it yourself? I know. Because if I had a Tesla, I'd be driving the snot out of that thing. Pedal down all the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I would love to get a Tesla, but alas, I don't make that kind of money. I don't make Tesla money. You can either buy a Tesla or lease a really nice apartment or buy an, half an Apple. <laughs> <laughs> what, just like the keyboard and the yeah, screen? You know, the, the magic touch thing. Nice. Maybe one of those 32 gigabyte uh, iMacs. <laughs> I like that. Last headline, Google's self-driving car has finally gotten in an accident where it was to blame. It was only a matter of time. It struck and ignited a school bus, killed 19 children. See, I can tell Colin didn't actually read the headline because he's looking at me trying to figure out if I'm lying or not. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I heard about the accident. I didn't hear about the ignited bus portion of that. Yeah, children's bodies everywhere. Caught on street view now forever. Now, I, I like how Google, though, acknowledged acknowledged their fault, saying, quote, we clearly bear some responsibility because if our car hadn't moved there, wouldn't it have been a collision? So it sounds to me like they bear all responsibility, not just some. Well, okay. So here's what happened. Um, Because all Google cars that are self-driving have a human passenger with them so they can identify what's happening. Um, So according to the accident report, the Google vehicle had moved into the right lane to make a turn. So it's going to make a right-hand turn. As the light turned green, however, it detected some sandbags placed around a storm drain and decided that it needed to ease out to avoid the obstruction, right? So it sees, hey, there's these sandbags here on the side. I need to slowly ease out so I can I, I can make it around that. Makes sense. After waiting for a few cars to pass, the Google car decided it was time to proceed. The passenger noticed a bus approaching slowly but believed that it would slow or pause. As the car eased out, however, it turned out not to be the case. 
<laughs> so it really is it's an accident. It's just a straight up accident. Um in that the car made an assumption, the passenger made an assumption, and the bus didn't care. Because buses are big. I I, I think there's a simple line of code that can fix this for all self-driving cars, and it needs to be in all self-driving cars moving forward. It's kind of like the three laws of robotics, only this is specifically robotic cars. And it's the law that states that buses will try to kill you. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't laugh because I have a friend who was actually killed by a bus. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not know so, that. Yeah, I, I shouldn't laugh at that, but... but. Yeah. Buses will try and kill you. Yes, and they they will succeed because they are big, like I said. You can't blame them, though. They're like sharks. It's in their nature. It's what they do. They smell blood in the water and the bus strikes. I can't wait for bus week this this year on Discovery Channel. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. Okay. Into our favorites this week. This one comes from a musician uh, called uh, Wintergarten. Wintergarten. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't care. He spent the last year making this incredible machine with over 3,000 moving parts and 2,000 marbles. He's a musician, and you wouldn't know that from looking at this contraption right up until he starts cranking it, and it is a s- automated song. I can't really describe it better than that. You got to play it. It's a catchy tune. It's four and a half minutes long. And if you get as hooked on this video as I have, you'll end up going through and finding all the other videos that he's made over the past year of him actually designing it and building it. So definitely check it out. Uh, My favorite this week is a Google commercial. You know, I have been very much impressed with the Google commercials. Uh, as of late, I've enjoyed this, and their newest one is called Android Rock Paper Scissors, and it's got a good soundtrack, got fun animation, cool game, or cool cool commercial. Um, the Just take another hit of your drugs. It's no, okay. <laughs> uh, I, the thing is, the the hashtag is not the same, and so you know, be together, not the same. That's so it just kind of broke my brain a little bit. As I was thinking ahead of what I was going to say, which obviously I probably shouldn't have done. So I'm just going to be quiet now. Oh, hey. (laughs) (laughs) So my favorite this week (laughs) is Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. He's sitting six feet away from me. You'd think he would have noticed when I shut up. You'd think, but, you know, I'm dead, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) But yeah, so Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, uh, it's a cool app uh, for um, Android and iPhone uh, devices. Basically, you can construct your own Star Wars teams of light side and dark side. Uh, You can do kind of PvP battles and um, strategic quests. And uh, as you go on, you can upgrade uh, your characters and collect a lot of the uh, known characters uh, in the universe. So, pretty fun game. Uh, I've gotten a couple of my coworkers addicted to it, and they've pretty much almost already maxed out. So, it's a fun game. Check it out. Excellent. Well, that is our show this week. Hey, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, let us know if you've tried Samsung Pay. We really do want to know. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. 
Email us, feedback at stolendroids.com. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Uh, just forget the Google Plus. None of you guys are listening anyway. And until next time, cheers. Good day. Don't get hit by a bus. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.